Psalm 119 in verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinances, for all are thy servants. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine affliction. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. I am thine, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. And so in your uh, Psalm 119 handout, we're on page 3. And that's uh, item number two, which is the blanks there are God's eternal faithfulness. And that's uh, Psalm 119, verse 90. Thy faithfulness as unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. And I was looking over this again, and and I thought about this verse, and it's in uh, Psalm 36, verse 5 and 6, where uh, David says, Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. And David, is is he's uh, a, a gifted... Uh, prophet, obviously, but also he's he's a gifted poet, uh, and he he writes in such beautiful terms so often. And here he's illustrating, and you know, Psalm one nineteen ninety says, "Thy faithfulness is unto all generations," and that means from the first to the last, God's faithfulness is spanning every generation. And I love just uh, David's picture here: "Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens; thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds." Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are a great deep. O Lord, thou preservest man and beast. And uh, God is that God. Amen. <laughs> he is the God that is continually preserving us and, and taking care of us, which has been a theme of what this, this verse we've been looking at is about. So uh, on page four, uh, where we left off last week, and I'm going to just jump right in and not going to uh, 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 re uh, what's the word? Review. Review. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, please pray for me. So um, I have a lot of things I want to cover tonight. A lot of things, and I there's one section I just don't want it split up between Wednesday night. So you guys pray for us that we're able to get it all. So number letter E is God has been faithful to all generations continually. Man has enjoyed um, man has enjoyed the continual blessing of a God they seldom acknowledge or recognize. That's very true for America. And as I was preparing this also, I was thinking about there's a Chick Track. You guys know Chick Tracks? Mm-hmm. Little black the little black comic books. I, I don't agree with them all. <laughs> uh, but there's this one Chick Track that I remember, and there's this guy, and he's in jail for all, all, all the bad things he's done, and yet he has this grandmother who's always being sweet to him and loving to him. And so he messes up badly. He's in jail, and she's bringing him cookies. And they, so the little comic shows him grabbing the cookies and eating them and berating her and, and talking down to her. And, you know, in a way, that very, that very much typifies the love of God for our human race that very seldom acknowledges him or is thankful to him. And uh, anyway, I just thought that was cool. And in Genesis chapter 8, it's, uh, it's, go, turn with me there. We're going to read more than just, just verse 22. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20. This is after the flood, and Noah and his uh, family have landed on dry ground. And so now it says in Genesis chapter 8, verse 20, And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. 
And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more every living thing as I have done. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Now what's really wonderful about this is God has just brought a worldwide flood upon the entire surface of planet earth that has that has slain all the human population but also a great deal of the animal kingdom as well uh and and but at the end of that noah builds an altar and sacrifices uh offerings and the and god's response to that is recorded and the lord smelled a sweet savor and the lord said in his heart and this this is inside god's heart it's it's being recorded for us. I will not again curse the ground anymore. And it goes on and he says, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. It's interesting because if you go to Peter, we read this not long ago about how the Bible says that, that the skeptic says in his heart, where is the promise of God? Where's the promise of his coming? All things continue like they have since the early days. You know, where's your evidence? And the evidence is in part that God has been faithful to be merciful and long-suffering, just like the Scriptures say. And corrupt mankind uses that of an evidence of why he should keep on sinning. Brother, uh, you were going to say something. Oh, I was going to say, is, is verse 22 a partial answer to global warming? <laughs> <laughs> we're actually going to talk about something like that. <laughs> Lord willing, if we get there tonight. <laughs> So, um, so that's that. That's all in response to Noah's uh, worship, his offering. Uh, uh, God says he smelled a sweet savor. Obviously, it wasn't just the smell of the sacrifice uh, being sacrificed. It was man's response to God that caused this response from God. God said in his heart, "I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake, for the imagination." And by the way, just 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 as a side note. Uh, <laughs> I've wondered if this is because you know after the uh, after uh, the the sin with uh, Adam and Eve, God said to Adam that part of his and that's what Justin was sharing tonight the the uh, the results of sin or those some of the circumstances that follow the bad choices we make. God said then the sweat of his brow uh, that he would uh, he would uh, get gather the fruits uh, from the earth and it would no no more. Obviously, there's a contrast between before and after the fall, but here it says. So this has been since Adam fell and up till now, up until this point in time, it says, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. Now, I don't know, but it sounds to me like maybe God is showing them mercy again. And that's God's continual way of dealing with mankind. And that, listen, folks, we as Christians, is we have a responsibility to continually praise God for his ongoing faithfulness and mercy. And, and listen, we have this, this aptitude or this knack for focusing in on negatives. Why isn't God doing this? Why isn't God doing this? Why isn't God doing this? Listen, it's just our, our old man just focusing in always on the negative. We have so much to praise God for, and that, that old hymn of count your many blessings is very wise. You know, if, if, you, if, you, if you've been like me, needed God to pick you up because you're, you're dwelling in despair, well, there's an answer for that, and that's praising God. And praising God on credit, 
In other words, when you don't feel like it, is very wise. And I, I've told you guys before about the, the time that I was just overcome of all the things I was dealing with, and I felt like the Lord told me, why don't you sing a, a, a hymn, sing a praise to God? And I, and I, I even felt like saying, God, I just don't feel like praising. I don't feel like singing right now. And yet, you know, I, I, I said, okay, Lord. <laughs> How often do we answer God like, okay, Lord, if you're going to tell me to do this. So anyway, I, I did, and I, I had God lift me up. It felt like God had just buoyed me up off the earth, and I was, I was in the clouds. And that is the grace of God. Yes, ma'am, go ahead. Please do. Sometimes I'll wake up and I'll be like, oh, you know, I don't even want to get up this morning. I'm just kind of discouraged. Right. And God just tells me, start praising me. Amen. Not only all the things I've given you, but for myself. Amen. My wonderful attributes. Yeah. And then I get joy. Right. (laughs) It's amazing. Amen. And you know, and, and the thing that's that's part of it too is that we as Christians, it is our place to praise our God, the Creator and our Savior, and and all those things. Just like you said, for who He is, not just for Lord, what You've done for me. That's certainly a good reason to praise God, but He's worthy of praise at all times, and we know that. Now, sometimes our circumstances, and here's here's a. Here's an offshoot. Lord, help us get right back on track. <laughs> but sometimes it's what we're persuaded by. And Satan and our old man is often persuading us by how we feel. Like Marie just said, <laughs> you wake up and you don't feel that great. You don't feel like praising God. You don't feel, but we're not supposed to live our lives according to how we feel. We're meant to be followers of God as dear children, Miss Mary. Amen. Joy cometh in the morning. That's another way we can praise God on credit. It doesn't matter how long the circumstances are that that get us down. Listen, God is who he is, and he is coming back. And all of our problems, everyone in this room, all of our problems can only be temporary. They can only be transitory. The promises of God are in effect, and someday, if you know Jesus as your Savior, someday we will be in his presence, and all of our problems, without, without exception, will be gone. <laughs> and there will be so many different things that, that will elevate us beyond our understanding. Brother Patrick, are you going to say something? Well, but it sounds like it brings your feelings back in line. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way of putting it. Putting our feelings in line where they should be. And that's where... The things that discourage, I mean, if you think about it, as a child of God, at all times, we're above board. It doesn't matter how you feel, you're above board. You're, God has you, and you're, the Bible says in Ephesians that when we're saved, we're sealed. You know, Satan can't have us, no matter what. When you know Christ is your Savior, Satan can tempt you, and you can sin, but he cannot have you. And he can discourage you. And he can depress you, but he cannot have you. He can't even make you feel certain ways. You can be, you know, uh, uh, depressed. You can be suppressed, but he can't have us. Who can separate us from the love of God? Amen. Amen. Very good. And so um, uh, that was that was God's response uh, to Noah's offering and to Noah's worship. 
that God smelled that sweet savor and he said in his heart, I will not again do this. When while earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. All the blessings that literally, folks, we all take them for granted. That you wake up in the morning, the sun came up, you know, you get you get to go to bed at night. Most of us are going to bed at night. We get to rest and lay our head on the pillow and we get to sleep and we get to wake up the next day. <laughs> and we are waking up to God's blessings continually every day. Now, the thing is, is we should be praising God, but even lost people all over planet Earth are day by day experiencing blessings from God. That 90-whatever percent of it is, I, I don't know what the percentage of saved people on planet Earth is, but I, I look at the state of the world, and it certainly doesn't seem like a, a great deal of humanity being persuaded by the things of God or who's running things. I have an exact number. Few. <laughs> That's not an exact number. <laughs> Someone wad up a piece of paper and throw it, Brother Patrick. <laughs> Whatever the number is, it doesn't seem like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's nowhere near a, a vast percentage. And so anyway, uh, as we, as we go move on here, so I've got this other note in, uh, beneath that, that uh, Matthew 5, and, and uh, turn with me there if you don't mind, Matthew chapter 5 and verse uh, 43, I think that is. Yeah, Matthew 5, 43. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them, to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Look at this, verse 45, so special. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. And you know, this passage, it just, it, and, and folks, there's so many things that we as Christians, we, we say amen to. And we know it's true. We believe it's true. But when it comes to the life application of the truth, we fall dramatically short so often of the time. Someone hurts us, someone does something to us, someone takes advantage, and the old man immediately wells up without any, any, any you know, you don't have to work at it at all. It's there, and it's immediately angry and immediately upset. Here's what the Bible says, how we can be like Christ, like our Heavenly Father, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. And the thing is, is you notice that at no point here does the Scripture say you will have the feelings to help to back you up. At no point are we told that's going to be the case. What we know is we are to, just like what the Lord Jesus says, if you're going to be a disciple for Christ, the successful disciple of Christ will be denying himself daily, every day. More than likely, most of the day, if not all the day long, you deny yourself. And so the feeling comes, how dare you treat me that way? <laughs> and, you know, there, there might be a time for being uh, saying things in a Christ-like way that need to be said. 
But, you know, most of us don't have a problem with the old man just welling up and giving him what for? Brother Patrick? Oh, this pastor was saying that the Lord's Prayer, uh, basically uh, not forgiving your enemies is basically hindering your prayers. Yes, absolutely so. it does. Absolutely. And, and, and again, these are things, again, I, some of us have a built-in hypocrisy that the rest of the human race does too. <laughs> you know, this uh, amen, it's true, but not feeling like it has to be applied in my life. You know, and, and listen, a lot of us, when we, here's the point. Someone does something to us or hurts us or we, we have a grudge, we feel against somebody. It's, it's, I, I feel like the, or I, I think the proper response is, Lord, I have these feelings. Help me to love them anyway. Love them. And listen, I, 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 am, I know God can give you feelings in the right way. God can help you to have the right perspective, the right, uh, and, and, it, and it is every bit as miraculous as, as Lazarus being raised from the dead. Because our, our feelings so much of the time rule us. And that's wrong. It's wrong to be ruled by your emotions. What we are to do is be to ruled by God. Let the emotions follow. <laughs> Listen, there's good emotions, obviously. We're not meant to be, you know, uh, emotionless robots. But at the same time, our emotions are not meant to guide us. You know, we are to resist every negative uh, uh, feeling every negative, tem- every temptation that leads us in the wrong direction, we're to resist those things and follow God. And so um, he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and causes the rain to, to fall on the just and on the unjust. And so letter F here, and it abideth. And so that's the last part of uh, Psalm 119, verse 90. It says, uh, thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth and it abideth. And so uh, it abideth. Uh, the earth w- uh, will be here and continue until the Lord commands differently. When the Lord decides that the world will end, then nothing will stop it from passing on. And uh, and, and again, just, just to quickly hit the point, <laughs> you know, the, the, the so much of the world believes this world just evolved. And now it's a very, uh, uh, I think it's just a money pit. I think evolution, I'm sorry, not evolution, but uh, global warming, that it's just a money pit. It's just a way for them to get billions of taxpayer dollars and put it into a little slush fund for them. I don't know. I, I mean, what are they spending it on? When we say, hey, there's global warming, give me $50 billion and I'm going to go up there and fix that ozone. It ain't happening. So really, they're bringing regulations on us and taxing us. Anyway, just a little extra. <laughs> uh, just a little tirade in there <laughs> that we didn't have time for. Huh? Does it say love the tax the tax collector? <laughs> the tax collector is a faceless IRS guy that I, it's okay for me to, to be angry at. <laughs> That's not true. Don't listen to me. <laughs> All right. So uh, it abideth. The earth will be here and continue until the Lord commands differently. When the Lord decides the world will end, then nothing will stop it from passing on. So it's there in your notes. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night into which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, 
wherein dwelleth righteousness. A great deal of the point of this passage is that we have a lot to look forward to when the earth ends. And that's interesting that we should put it like that, isn't it? (laughs) The earth ending for a great deal of planet earth is very bad news. But, (laughs) here's, here's my note about that. The end of the world is not the bad news but the end of man's opportunities to respond to God and obey Him. Now listen, folks, that is the rock-solid core truth of the matter. Many people feel like if it's the last day on earth, I am robbed of the rest of my life. The big deal here is we are robbed of our opportunities to obey God. That's what this life represents more than anything else is the opportunity for us to respond in faith to God. Very clearly for the Christian, uh, even Christians are going to be robbed when when the end of planet Earth comes because many of us have lived our lives for ourselves and the opportunities to glorify God are gone. And so therefore, at the end of that life, and there's nothing left, the opportunities to praise God, worship and obey God are gone. The Bible says in, in second, I can't remember it's first or second Corinthians, that the at the judgment seat, the, the people who have trusted in Christ but have no works, yet they're saved, yet so as by fire. In other words, the fire sets sets uh, the works uh, uh, the, the fire sets the works up and poof, they're gone. There's nothing left because they weren't made of precious things. They were made of wood, hay, and stubble. That, listen, folks, that judgment is specifically about the saved. It is specifically the works that our lives represented. And so when the Lord Jesus calls us home or he comes to planet Earth and says, that's it. <laughs> our opportunities to glorify God are gone, at least on planet Earth, among the heathen, among those who could profit from us praising God on planet Earth. Yes, sir. Well, that, that I don't remember how it's worded, but that's a proof that even if you have no works, and then somebody might say, "Well, you weren't saved." If you, if you, God knows the heart, right? Mm-hmm. And but of course, somebody like the thief on the cross, he didn't have any time, right? But, right. Well, that that thief on the cross is representative of the the right. fact that salvation is by grace alone. Right. Right. But uh, so is that verse. Yeah. Right. But and and so yes, God God is seeing us, and He's seeing His work in our life, and and only He can judge accurately. The inside. Right. We look at the outside. The Bible says that man looketh in the outward appearance, God looketh on the heart. Right. Uh, so God's work, the Bible says his word will never return void. Everything that God is doing in our life is going to have a result. It's not that it's powerless. It's that you know we can't see what God's doing on the inside. But a Christian uh, who goes on in sin and not doing anything for the Lord, they're in a very dangerous place. Of course. Place yes, ma'am. God has taken some of these right. people. Just, right. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, because he doesn't want them here, mm-hmm. causing shame. That's the other side of this argument: is that you can't you can't live in the world and be part of the world and be sowing to the flesh and a, a life that's basically a tool of the devil. Uh, you can't live like that and not have a heavenly father. You know, correct you. And the Bible says there is a sin unto death. Yeah. You know, so very clearly, you know, that's the other side of it is as a child of God, we are accountable to God. 
I've thought I've seen it happen too. Yeah. That's that, but that's the thing is you and and thank you for ma- making mention that that for the fact that we cannot, as a child of God, live without God's correction. The Bible's very clear that any child of God, every child of God, will be corrected by their father. Well, that that there's a there's I, I think it's safe to say that there's a great deal of Christian America that's not they've not been born again. The devil believed he saw it happen. He knows he mm-hmm. believes in Jesus. He doesn't follow Jesus. So that's the difference. You have to follow him. You can't just believe in him. Well, receiving Christ is is a work of faith and receiving salvation is a faith. But God's word, once you're born again, now you're a child of God. Now you're part of God's family. And that's the good news. It's just that when you're receiving correction from a heavenly father, it doesn't feel like good news, especially the life that's always wrecked because they're not walking with God and God is calling them account for that. Yes, sir. Amen. No, that's very true. That's absolutely true. We can't do the, the least of things. The Lord, the Lord Jesus said, without me, ye can do nothing. That is literally true. We cannot, like you said, even worship. Well, and, and I think it's 1 Corinthians 13. I think it's 1 Corinthians 13. It's what, what many Christians call the love chapter. It's, it's, it's actually charity, which charity is a different word than love. We have love for all kinds of things in America. But what's referred to there is something greater than love. And that, he, it, let's just turn and read it real quick. Real quick, real quick, real quick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You can just read it to us. Okay. All right. First Corinthians 13. Though I speak with the tongue of men and and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. I mention this because there are plenty of things in America claiming to be Christian that are not Christian. They are empty. They're absolutely empty. And here it's, it's talking about Christian work being done, but it's nothing more than clanging brass. It's noise. Uh, and so, just like Albie said, and this is Albie's fault. <laughs> That if, if we are to do anything for God, it will have to be with God helping us do it. God, the Holy Spirit, empowering us to do it. And so that is the core of all of our lives, is to be in a close relationship with God. Now listen, I have been in a place where I felt like God would tell me to pray for somebody. Or tell me to witness to somebody. Or tell me to do something, and I felt like, oh boy, I need a few minutes. <laughs> To get, to get alone with God and pray and get right and feel like I, I could be used of God. And listen, folks, that, that time, it's times like that, it's a rebuke that I wasn't living close enough to God that I felt like I could be used of God. But at the same time, God does not need to use us. He doesn't need us to clean ourselves up. He need, we, let me rephrase that. 
we need to confess our sins, and we need, but, but it's never us anyway. I guess that's what I'm getting at. It's never our power that qualifies us. It's never our intelligence. It's never our spirituality. It's just God in us, and our place is to yield to that. Yeah. I can't do it, Lord. I can't, I can't do it. Yep. Yeah. And Moses flat out refused there on that mountain. He, yeah. Yeah, you're going to do it. I'm going to give you help. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And thank God for that. And so, um, so the end of the world is not the bad news, but the end of uh, man's opportunities to, to respond to God and to obey him. And so turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. If, if you'd like, if not, I'm going to read it. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. So we then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And that's very clearly about man's opportunity is now. Man's opportunity to fear God and respond to God is now. There's not, you know, I, I knew a guy in the Navy, and I talked to him about being saved one time. He goes, yeah, I'm going to get saved, I'm, but I'm, I'm going to do it later. And he literally said something along the lines of, but I'm going to have a good time, and I'm going to enjoy things, and I'll get saved later towards the end. <laughs> you know, but we're not promised a towards the end. We're not promised anything. And that's why when the Holy Spirit is prompting and prodding and behooving and moving, it's our place to say, and, and listen, when the Holy Spirit is moving powerfully in someone's heart, he can knock everything else down so that there's nothing more important to any of us than to know that Christ has saved us and forgiven us and he's making all things new. And, and uh, listen, that's the Holy Spirit that, that, that does that work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I love him. So. <laughs> Amen. God gives so many examples in the Bible about this. So when, you, when, you, when you're witnessing to the person, he says, Well, I'm going to get saved one day. He says, Well, God gives examples in the Bible. This one man in particular, he says, Well, I'm going to build a house. I'm going to do right. this. Right. And it, it even says, Thou fool. Yeah. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Yeah. And. Promise of. That's right. Next year, Amen. Years now. We have we have the promise of this opportunity. Okay, so um, I have uh, this this other thought too is Luke four, and uh, and this is very very special to me. This is why I didn't want to miss this tonight. Luke chapter sixteen, no, Luke chapter four, verse sixteen. Luke chapter four, verse sixteen. This is Lord Jesus. It says, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them, them that are bruised, bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord." And he stopped there, and it says here, and he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down, and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. 
And this is a very amazing thing that happened this day. <laughs> he went to his hometown, and he, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue, and he, and, he, and, he, and he stood up for to read, and they gave him the book of Isaiah, or Isaiah. And he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he read all that, and he said to, to, to preach, and he ended with it, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Do you know, in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 61, Isaiah chapter 61 in verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, comma. It's very interesting. <laughs> that verse goes on to say, and the day of vengeance of our God. It's interesting that the Lord Jesus, huh? He didn't that. He didn't. He did not go on. Now listen. That listen. This Old Testament. The Lord Jesus did not misquote this passage. He came and told them that thus, thus far in that passage had been fulfilled. Jesus, the Son of God, had been sent to redeem mankind, and they didn't. They didn't receive it that day. They did not get it that day. They did not see him as the Messiah that he was. But that was fulfilled in their presence. And here's the extraordinary thing about this. This is this is us in 2021 reading this passage. And folks, we have to move on to what it goes on to say. It goes on to say, that, well, it says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. That day is coming. That day with the Lord Jesus. Let me, let me just move on here. Uh, so in um, Revelation chapter 10. Revelation chapter 10, verse 5. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created, who created heaven and the things that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel. So it goes on, to, it goes on to, from there. But he says, his, he swears by him that liveth forever and ever, and he said all those things, and he said that there should be time no longer. And folks, I, I'm not going to stand up here and pretend to be an expert on prophecy. I'm not. <laughs> Pastor's taught Revelation. You want to ask him a question? He'd be my guest. He's right there. <laughs> but here's, here's what I think you can definitely get from this passage. There is not an, 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 in, an indefinite amount of time to respond to God. There is a time in which there is time no more. And folks, it is, it is a very extraordinary thing for us as his people to live in the acknowledgement of these truths. Listen, we have this, this problem of waking up and living in the flesh just like everybody else. And the thing is, is we're God's representatives on earth. It's the only reason why we're still here. We're meant to praise Him and bring glory to Him and live the truth of who Jesus is to the people around us. It's all that matters on planet Earth. And I realize, listen, I got the same things going on in my heart and mind as what everybody else does. 
The things that occupy my mind and draw me in this direction or in that direction, they're in me too. But our place is to acknowledge, listen, Jesus is the king. Salvation belongs to him. The Bible says he has the keys of death and hell. Listen, (laughs) he's coming back. We don't want to be found living on planet Earth as though he's not. May God have mercy upon us that our flesh wants to live that way. Everybody's flesh does. That's why it has to be denied every single day. Many of us as Christians are not good at denying ourselves when it wants to go this way because that's what feels good. Listen, Satan is in the business of training people's flesh to want to live against God. Our place is to acknowledge that Jesus is the Lord and his salvation is what every man needs and him being the Lord of our life is what we need. Not what just what should be. Listen, we need him to be the Lord of our life. We need to be obedient to him. It's the very best thing for every one of our lives, but not just us, but for the lives of those around us. Nothing is better than that a child of God should live like a child of God. And none of us are perfect. None of us are without flaw. And I have this one thing, one last thing, and that's 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. In verse 7, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7, And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Wherefore also we pray you pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of, of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ might be glorified in you and ye in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, the Lord Jesus is coming back, and it is the most wonderful thing in the world for his saints. There's, there's no better moment in all of human history than for the Lord Jesus to call us home. But for those who do not know Jesus as their Savior, I want you to notice the language is being used here. And you, to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Listen, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, Jesus can only be your judge. This life is that period. For the past several minutes, we were talking about this. It's that pause in the passage where the Lord Jesus says that this is the acceptable year of the Lord. We are in that moment now. This is the acceptable time in which a soul can respond to God. 
It is our place as children of God to be faithful with the message he's given us to give. And folks, we just have to ask every day, God, live through me. The Old Testament, Jeremiah, God told him that he would put his words in his mouth. (laughs) God told Moses a similar thing. I'll be with your mouth. Moses said, just like Albie was alluding to earlier, Moses said, I'm not eloquent of speech. I can't talk. That's essentially what he said. I'm not eloquent. And God said, who's made man's mouth? I will be with your mouth. Now go. (laughs) And listen, Moses obviously felt overwhelmed by what God was calling him to do. Do not you and I feel entirely overwhelmed at what God is calling us to do? And I'm not being called to go back to Egypt and say, let my people go. But I am called to live day by day as Jesus is king. And to not keep to myself the gift of forgiveness and salvation and mercy and the loving kindness of God. Because that's what was given to me with Christ. And if you don't know Christ and this reality, this reality, what it says in 2 Thessalonians is, is coming. Flaming, flaming fire taking vengeance. Man must respond to God. Our place is to encourage people to respond in faith to God. And God is at work in their lives. In, in Mark and Hope's life, God's at work. And every other person in our life, God's at work. Our place is say, God, help me be the man that you want me to be in their life. And, and folks, we, God is faithful. He's faithful, just like it says in Psalm 119.90, He is faithful and has been for generations and always will be. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. So our place is to trust that he'll use us too. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and we thank you for your faithfulness and we thank you, Lord, that you can use us and that, Lord, you have a way of communicating in our lives to those around us and we pray that you'd help us that we not get in your way. We pray, Lord, that our flesh would not hinder, Lord, uh, your Holy Spirit from being alive in us and to us and through us and that other people see Christ in us. Lord, uh, thank you for being our God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our King. Help us to be faithful to you for the rest of our lives. And uh, we thank you. We ask all your blessings on, uh, on all the prayer requests that were mentioned. We pray for Justin and Alyssa that they would uh, find the, the, the job that would uh, best provide for them and bless them. And we pray for all the needs that were mentioned tonight. We thank you and ask these things in Jesus' name. And we pray for our country in, in great need right now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. Thank you.